0: Hello and welcome to the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Barbara Fisher, and with me tonight is Morgana. And our guests tonight are Chad Redding and Tim Renner, and we're just going to talk about stuff. So there we are. We're going to talk about stuff. It was Chad's idea, um, and he was just showing us... (laughs) Yes, I will blame you. I will. (laughs) Uh, he was just... Sh- we, we're we having a sort of a show and tell because we can see each other and you're not going to be able to see us so you're going to be mad. But uh, Chad was just showing us a, a really cool old knife and uh, it looks nice and sharp. And yes, it does... It's shaped like a, a butcher's knife would be. So that's probably what it was made for.
1: I'll tell you what. If they were if they were using this for butchering I'd hate to see what they were butchering because it's pretty big. <laughs>
0: Cows are pretty pretty awful big, and without uh, power tools, you, you, yeah. yeah, it takes some it takes some big stuff. Maybe maybe it was
2: it was used for butchering one of those standing pigs down there in Seven Seven Valleys. Oh, that's true. That's true. There's a there's a uh, a woman who lives in that town where where Chad said his son purchased that knife. Who uh, she calls me a couple times a year. She used to call me about every month, but now she calls me a couple times a year. She's an older woman. I've, I've never met her in person. She always calls me, and sometimes she writes me letters. Aww. Um, I gather she's she's in her 70s, but I, I don't know for sure. But she's been collecting local folklore for ages. I mean, she I doubt she even would know it was called folklore. To her, it's just spooky stories and stuff. That, but she's been writing them down. She keeps notebooks and notebooks and notebooks. And every now and then she'll call me and she'll just tell me stories. Oh, that's I
0: amazing. It.
2: Yeah, absolutely love it. And she, one day she was telling me about an event that happened down there in Seven Valleys. And I forget what precipitated it, but it sounded so creepy. She said, whatever happened, this this farmer was out in the farmyard and all of the pigs stood up on their hind legs at once and just stood there like that. Nope. That's like creepy. Yeah, that's a big
0: creepy. nope. That's a yeah. mm. Isn't that
1: I... something that? Isn't something like that supposed to happen around Christmas time, or something like uh, that, that? The animals like speak.
0: Yeah, there's legends time.
1: about animals doing things like that around Christmas time. And
0: yeah, time Christmas and Eve. Like
1: that. Yeah, Christmas
2: Eve. If you can, if you can sneak into the manger or to the barn, and. uh be quiet, and they won't know you're there. You can overhear them. Sometimes they'll, you'll overhear them making predictions about the new year. Supposedly the folklore goes, and sometimes you'll hear them talking about you.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I feel as if like we should
2: go ahead. We should I'm sorry, try i try this.
3: No, you're good. We should try this someday. Like if we all try it every year, <laughs> someone will hear something. And at maybe the very the, least, you get to be around animals, which is great.
1: Maybe the farmer real they realized that the farmer heard them. So that's why they stood up.
2: <laughs> I right what, in I, I, way. I'm trying to remember the, the rest of the story. It was, she tells me so many of these awesome stories. She had another story about a woman I'm going to call up here. Excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. Who um, s- said she was having these, these entities show up in her room. And uh, she's like, you know, she's telling me over and over again she's having these these entities show up in her room and then she said they happen to be watching a movie together. One of the mummy movies and there was an, an Anubis or you know, Anubis or an Anubis type figure in it. And when that came on the screen the woman said, That's what keeps appearing in my bedroom. Oh. So I was like that that's a pretty cool one. That is cool.
3: that's a great um, one.
2: Yeah. So she yeah, she has some wonderful stories down there. Seven Valleys, we've done a a show on it Strange Familiars. Um, I've talked about it a few times because so many people who live there have told me about this green light they see. And it's sometimes in the sky, sometimes on the ground. But I know people who have seen it come straight down from the sky to the ground. And it'll be a green light in the sky. It'll come down and then they say it looks like an explosion. They say it just lights up. The field's green. And if you talk to people who've lived there long enough, they'll say, oh, yeah, we've seen it. They don't know what it is but they're like we totally see that light yeah so i'm always looking for that it's not not ter- it's kind of right between i guess almost directly halfway between chad and i between our town
1: roughly yeah yeah roughly which part which part so, of has the green light which part of seven valley is the town itself or one, keep, one of the other valleys on the outside of it i think it was valley number four okay We'll have to go there. No, I'm just kidding.
2: I'm kidding. That's what the... It could be Valley Number Four. Who knows? I don't. I don't know how they're numbered. I used to drive through when my when my children were young, and we'd drive through there to, to to go to York or something on the way. You know, whenever we were on the way home, they'd be like, "Dad, where are we now?" I'd say, oh, seven Seven Valleys." And then they, you know, because they're little kids, it would be like a minute later. Well, where are we now? I was like, "Oh, Six Valley." Then, is that like? Where are we now? That, oh, now we're Five Valley. Is that like Deer Squatch? <laughs> yeah. What's <Yeah. laughs> we'll we'll by the by the time you know after a while they'd we in Four Valley yet? Yeah, yeah, we're in Four well, Valley. Well,
1: that, that's <laughs> the funny thing. You actually have the town of Seven Valleys, but it's more of a region, really, because there's yeah. multiple valleys. Mm-hmm. So it be interesting.
2: These are in, in these are people who live outskirts. You know, up in the fields around. Now, I don't know if anyone in the town has ever seen it, but the people that, that I've talked to that have seen it have kind of been on the outskirts
1: of the town itself, up in the up in the hills. So we'll have to just, one night, just wander around the hills. Not that we haven't done I mean, that I've, already.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I purposely drive through Seven Valleys, like, whenever I'm coming back from your place, just, like, maybe I'll see it one time.
1: I go through are there all the time now. All the time.
0: So. Well, of course, if you see a green light, please tell me so that I can you know add it to the piles and piles of things that i keep finding and
3: yeah i was complaining yourself what you brought this on
0: yourself i know i did (laughs) i know i did i asked for it by name (laughs) i i was just complaining that that people needed to stop writing books that are relevant to anomalous lights just for six months, just stop, stop having them published. Just stop, <laughs> because I think I have gone through at this point thirty-five books, something like that, and they d- weird. Lights are everywhere, and they either it seems like they either affect people, they either change them greatly, or they forget about them. And it's so interesting. Some and it, it's just so bizarre.
1: You mean bizarre is in the fact that people see them all the time, or bizarre is in the fact that they show up on when they're not supposed to.
0: Well, it's it's that. Well, to me, see, I I remember them, so to me, I don't know how somebody could just not remember it. I've had things where the memory will get kind of faded, and then I'll sit there and go, did I really see that? Did, did it really look that obvious? Was it really like that? And then, you know, if it's somebody was with me, I'll talk with them. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what it, yep, 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 yep.
1: That's why it's good that when we do go out, Tim and I, we have each other to bounce off that a lot. Because a lot of times I'll we'll be like, did you see that? <laughs> and he'll be like, yeah, I did. Correct? On that one?
0: Uh-oh. Now Tim's talking and we can't hear him.
1: Your mic's off.
2: My mic was off. There we go.
0: <laughs> I was like, is he muttering imprecations under his wizardly <laughs> breath there? <laughs> like,
2: I was, I was like, why does Chad keep interrupting me? I'm like, oh, because he doesn't know I'm this, that. That would explain that. Um, yeah, that's absolutely the case, and I find that um, just as Barbara said, the further you get away from something, the less remarkable it seems, I think, in, this, in these events. Sometimes, not always, but often, to the point where I'll do it to myself I'm like, well, you know, the the next day I'm like, can you believe that happened? Can you believe, you know, whatever it was? And then three weeks later I'm like, maybe it wasn't that. Maybe it was, maybe it was something else. Maybe we didn't know what we were looking at, but then, but if somebody else was there, you can talk to them and they're like, no, we, we are sure that, you know, we both saw that. That's what we saw. But I've gotten that from witnesses too. you know, when I've talked to them, they just, if time goes by, they're like, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't, you know, not not a big thing. Not if Sasquatch jumps out and you know brushes their hair or something, but but uh, things like lights and stuff, you know, yeah, that they'll, they'll over time they'll they'll kind of start to sort of doubt their own perceptions because the natural inclination is to explain something, right? And mm-hmm. and in the moment you can't explain it, but over time you start going, well, maybe it was this, maybe it was that, maybe it was this.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get the not remembering because that happened to me once. Um, The big UFOs that I saw, um, I saw with my best friend, Brittany, and we forgot about it almost instantly. Like we saw it and then we went inside. And then as soon as we went inside, it was like we forgot completely. We forgot about it for about six hours and then we just both at the exact same moment looked at each other and went, holy shit, we saw a UFO.
0: Mm.
3: How did we forget that?
2: I feel like that's tied in with the whole, like, you know, Sasquatch is knocking on my window. I roll over. I see him staring in at me. And then I roll over and go back to sleep. Yeah. Or, you know, the, the aliens, in the case of Mike Clellan, the aliens are walking through my yard. They're coming towards my bed. I look at him, I'm like, oh, and just roll over and go back to sleep. Or, or, my thing with, with my whatever abduction, they're, they're right beside me. I'm as angry as I've ever been, and I roll over and go back to sleep. What, what, like, it's but that feels I don't know that it is Morgana, but it feels like that kind of thing is tied in with that thing. yeah. Almost like is it forgetting, or is it like the other just going tapping you, like, nope, not for you, not right now, yeah, you know,
3: or do we do it? Do our own brains do it as a defense mechanism? Sure. like okay this is too. things are about to get really freaking weird and we're just gonna erase that because you don't you don't have the capacity to cope (laughs) right
2: yeah
3: yeah yeah
0: yeah i know that whenever i see something truly strange like you know glowing humanoids in the woods um i'll sit there and i'll or the Christmas night uh, UFOs Morgana and I and Fox saw. I'll sit there and I'll go through all of the possibilities in my head. My head's, st- my brain just starts going as fast as it can go with, well, there's no FAA lights. It's not a plane. Um, there's no sound. Um, there's, let's see. Oh, it's moving in a way that, that, yeah, drones can't be moving that way. And it's, you know, and I just go... Through everything while it's happening, while the other half of my brain is, you know, kind of going, Would you just shut up over there and just try to remember every detail? My God, what's wrong with you? You know,
2: <laughs> we did exactly that. Remember it at uh Coudoir State Park chat. Oh, absolutely. those UFOs. Yeah. I was like, What is that? Oh, that's a plane. No, 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 that can't be a plane. It cannot be a plane. What is that? And then, you know, you go through the whole list. But yeah, and we were pinging back and forth. You know, one time I'm like, no, that's a plane. And Chad's like, no, look at it, it's not a plane. And the other time Chad'd be like, oh, no, I think that's a plane, Tim. I'd be like,
1: wait, no, wait, look, it's, it's, but uh, yeah, it was crazy. There were yeah. some, one or two there that we definitely were like, that's not a plane. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, for sure.
2: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like, I I think one of us was like, oh, that's a plane because that's where your, your natural inclination goes. But there was, yeah, especially that, I think was the last time we were there, we kept seeing them. Yeah, Like they were following the same flight path or something. Now these weren't saucers or anything, they were just lights in the sky. Yeah. But it would pop up. And the, of course the weird thing
1: is there were planes out too. Yeah. Oh yeah. What, yeah. Yeah that was a good thing though because we could actually compare them. Mm-hmm. And we're like oh yeah, see that's a plane there and we're like well that's definitely not an airplane. And yeah. We, yeah, But up to that point I had never seen UFOs or lights in the sky I mean I've seen the lights in the woods but not yeah. the actual like lights way up and I still remember the first time we saw one at Cadoris and I was just like wow you know I'm like holy shit and oops sorry that's okay <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like you can, you can understand why people don't take first off when you take photos of them or videos it's not impressive no. And you can understand why people don't because in the moment you're just like so blown away by it.
3: Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was just
1: like this is crazy, you know, and but now that I've seen more it's still like Tim said you still have that inclination like did I really see what I saw?
0: Yeah. Yeah. The the Christmas night ones, I think my favorite part of what they were doing is when a plane would... We're right in the flight path of the airport in Columbus. Like, if, if anybody's coming from the east, they fly over us way high up, you know, because they're just starting their descent around Athens. Um, so, you know, we see planes all the time at night. And, of course, they have the red and the green lights, and then they have the big white strobe in the front. And you can't really see the strobe very well most of the time because they're sideways. Um What was funny is when a plane would come by, it was Christmas night, so there was a fair amount of planes in the sky. Every time one would come near, one or two of the lights would sort of descend a little bit and then they'd start blinking red and green. Like they were trying to look like a plane. <laughs> I I was like, did you Morgana, did you see that? did you did you t- look at that? Did you see that? I was like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, Mom, I saw that. Just like what John Keel said sometimes they try to look like planes. I was like, oh no.
3: I think around Are you sure they were? around go ahead, sorry, around then is when Fox bailed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has more sense than the two of us. He was like, you know what? I'm gonna go inside. And then the the big silver one buzzed the house. And that was when I was like, we need to go inside now.
0: Yeah, I had left right before the silver one because I was like, I'm going to go check on the the Indian food. It's got to be done. Dinner's got to be done.
3: Oh, that's right. And then you
0: came running in and you were like, "Ah," the silver one came really low over the house. I'm like, oh, see, well, There we go. It's time to go in.
2: (laughs) Are you sure they weren't blinking red and green in celebration of Christmas? Well, I
0: wondered about that. I wondered about that. They, they, they had all the colors, though. They, they liked
3: yeah. spewing all of the colors. I do wonder about holidays and the other. Like, not so much. I, I understand why we have holidays as humans and everything, and I know that there's some interplay between the other and ho- us and holidays. But I wonder if they celebrate holidays mm. and what they do. Like on All Hallows.
1: Well, if you think about it, our holidays follow seasons, and the other seems to follow the seasons. Yeah, and It's more closely tied to the seasons in nature, Tra- traditionally, than what than what we are. I mean, even if you follow, um, like that time when. It was one of the first Brother Richard episodes, Tim. Remember when he said about the, about like if you think of of creation as a wheel, with uh, God at the top and everything's part of the creation, but we're like separate from it, and we can't fully perceive all of creation because of the original sin. Remember when he did that explanation? I don't, but I I trust that it was there. <laughs>
2: Many many episodes have
1: passed. Yeah, that was one of the one of the uh, first ones. So, but so everything follows that wheel and is part of that cycle, no matter what tradition you follow. And they're a part of it, and we're kind of a little outside of it.
3: Yeah. So. So I imagine, at the very least, they would celebrate like equinoxes and solstices, if they're related at all to the earth itself and aren't like from another dimension as if they're from another dimension who knows <laughs> they celebrate hey
0: we're going to go and mess with people while they're trying to sleep hey that's fun going to make well, a portal here's in a the wall celebration
2: of the of the thinning veil yeah. yes
0: yes we can
1: get through the door is open
0: you know for but, all we know they're having a vacation i don't know
1: mm. Well, that guy's it might be more like there.
3: visiting the zoo. D- well, that's, also true. that's
1: true, too. Very true. But, no, I... I think all this stuff has rules. Whether it's interdimensional. I mean, even then, they have to follow some kind of rules of the universe. Right. You know? There's something that that governs all this.
2: well I mean our ancestors were able to put stuff down that seems to hold true today mm-hmm. you know as regards to these things so rules, laws, whatever it is, they something you know some of this stuff holds true. There's a reason why XYZ has remained the same over the course of you know as long as we've been keeping records about this stuff so yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah. it's it's that's part of why I fuss about the enlightenment every now and then it's like yeah that was a lot of good stuff you guys came up with a lot of good things uh, you know the, the renaissance was great you know humanism that's a good thing we like that um, and equal rights for people even though you screwed that up but you know you tried you tried Um, but sometimes I think if they when they got rid of a lot of the what they called superstition it wasn't such a good thing and it led to people having strange ideas that are probably not I mean I don't want to say that it's unsafe to treat everything cavalierly but I've I've known a few people who've gotten burned that way, so.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. It's it's like the uh, the people, not always, but often, the people that seem most damaged by intense encounters are the people that were total skeptics and on no way were ready for for it. Yeah. They were the people who were like none of this stuff exists. I don't believe it. And bam, they have a really intense encounter, and they're just their whole world is turned upside down. Now it happens for people who are pure believers too. So yeah. it's you know, not always the case. But uh, I, I think often a lot of these really intense encounters come from people who are just like, I just never even thought about this stuff. And then I saw, you know, Bigfoot walk out of the woods and it just, my whole world got turned upside down.
3: Yeah. yeah. It's like an, impro- it's folklore is inoculation. Sure, yeah. I think everyone should be a little bit more up on folklore and herbalism and just, I don't know. Think about what, you don't have to believe everything people in the past have said about everything, because if we did that, we would not innovate. But people in the past were not stupid. People in the past were just as bright as you and I. They made complex tools and calculation systems and logic systems. And they transmitted those to everyone else, just as we do today. And it doesn't make their wisdom any less wise. No,
2: there's there's a saying in you know with traditional singers that I, I would argue this. There's a there's a couple traditional songs that, that I say this doesn't apply to, but the the general rule is that bad songs don't get to become traditional, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, people forget the bad ones. There's a couple <laughs> out there. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, I agree with that. But I would say that with folklore, like bad folklore, doesn't get to become traditional either. In other words, it's passing something down. Yeah, it's, it's either a really great story, and some of these, let's face it, some of these are fun stories, but not, not necessarily great stories. So, what are they passing down? They're passing information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're teaching—they're teaching us about things, and there's a there's a reason why it survived.
0: Yeah. Well, even the Grimm's fairy tales that are very clearly. Uh, it, you know, fantastical, you know, because we haven't run into too many dragons in the woods recently. But um, damn it, I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was well. It's it's like the flying cars. I haven't had flying cars, so I want a dragon now. Okay, can we? You, I don't have one. You you got to give me something else. But um, it, it, they teach people. Not just how to deal with the other, but how to deal with other people. Yeah, they oh, teach yeah. manners,
3: Because
0: mm-hmm. um, it's always the the youngest son who's not going to get any money who wanders off and then, you know, encounters a giant or a witch or a hobgoblin or something nasty. And is taken under, you know, is is charged with a task. And he does the task. And then he's charged with another one. And he does another one. And is always polite to, you know, this horrific creature that's asking these tasks of him. And then he gets rewarded. And then he goes back home. And his richer, uh, better looking um, uh, brothers who have, you know part of the farm they go running off to, to get the riches and they, they're they always arrogant you know mm-hmm. bastards and, and so they get you know some of them go home just lamed or made ugly by a scar but some of them don't make it home you know and, and so I always appreciate that that was a, a teaching method to you know show well don't be an ass.
2: Sure. Yeah. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> don't let your which we could food. go ahead. Tim. We could well use some, we could well use some don't be a jerk
1: lessons in, in, <laughs> yes. in these times.
0: Yes. Yes. So
1: basically, don't let your ego get the best of you.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that works with the other as well.
1: Oh, you, absolutely. You, oh
2: absolutely!
0: Yeah, absolutely. You. Absolutely. You, yeah. 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 You get a lot more you attract a lot more flies with honey than vinegar so
2: and and how many how many researchers have have fallen down the ego hole you know
0: oh yeah
2: and 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 it's a bad end,
0: yeah,
1: untold many
3: <laughs> yes
1: well and another- ego
3: leads to fighting amongst researchers and witnesses and oh yeah. That doesn't help anybody figure out what's going on. No. Not that I think we're meant to figure out what's going on. I'm pretty sure we're never going to figure out what's going on. And the minute we figure out some piece of it, it's going to change on us. Agreed. But it's still fun to try.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's, it's, it's part of the human experience. And we, I don't know if we have to try to understand it, but I, I think those of us that, that feel that call... I think it's important for us to, to try to understand, it. you know, to see it's part of our humanity. Like what is going on with this? But, uh, yeah, we also have to accept we might never know, you know if, if history holds, we will never know. But, you know, I know some people are very confident that, uh, they're going to figure it out. Usually uh, there's a, there's a fellow that, um, um, came into the phantoms and monsters research group recently he had an encounter and uh he's very nice fellow and he's doing some really interesting stuff as far as like you know ground radar and this and that and like like searching for this stuff but he's just like i'm gonna figure this out and i just said okay you're not, but you know you can try. Have like it's awesome that you're trying, and, and you've got some cool ideas and creative ideas and stuff. But be prepared to, to not figure it out in the end.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and of course, you know when when people talk like that, I always just kind of want to go and pat them on the shoulder and go, "Okay, so just so you understand this, as soon as you figure out a theory and you're absolutely sure that that's it." It's going to do one of two things. It's either going to confirm your theory to the point where you kind of go a little bit nuts or it's going to completely refute your theory until you go nuts. So it's best to just kind of sit in the middle of the theories and go, well, it could be this or it could be that Uh and try not to grab onto either of them.
2: And it will refute your theory after you've published your book or otherwise gone public with it. Yes, yes,
0: it will. It will. And then you'll end up old and cranky and write Disneyland of the Gods.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for that one to come.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That has some great rants in it. I was going to say, why don't you talk about your your project and your manuscript bits?
3: Okay. Okay. Because that's really cool. I am working on researching botanical illustration and its history right now. Um, And it is fascinating. And I got to hold a leaf from a manuscript that was printed by Gutenberg's successor. So I got to hold a page that was printed on a Gutenberg press. and That is
2: so amazing.
3: It was just here in Ohio, and I'm like, "Why are you in Ohio?" <laughs> yeah, that
2: Sometime, <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes my, my wife will hand me like a daguerreotype. She, she you know she does the antique photo things, right? And she'll say, "You know, this is from 1840, 1845, whatever." I'm, I probably have the dates wrong, and it'll hit me like this: I'm looking at a, an image of someone. And this image is almost two hundred years old,
0: right? Yeah,
2: and the history of it just hits me like, wow! Somebody sent me a coin from Germany from the sixteen uh, hundreds with a wild man on it.
0: Oh wow!
2: And I'm just like, what? Like this? It's so cool. Like what? Like this? It's.
3: Like from that long
2: ago. It's, it's I don't know. I'm just I'm really taken by the history of things. When you actually get to like hold, hold these it. things Yeah,
3: yeah. And the weight of it just just hits you all at once. And it's this amazing rush of connection with humanity and the past and all like condensed into this object which was a beautifully printed page. On top of that, they did wonderful work. (laughs) Like it is, the ink is still great. It's in wonderful condition. The paper making was excellent. Like this, this leaf has stood the test of time. They do not make books like this anymore.
2: Indeed. Um, Indeed, sadly, my my books printed on demand will probably not be around. And and that many, I hope they are. I hope they last forever. But, uh, I'm thinking that I think in the Gutenberg press is going to outlive uh, print on demand.
3: Probably. Yeah. Uh, old books are just generally m- better constructed than modern books.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right down to the little things. I mean, modern binding.
3: Oh. It's,
2: it's great that we have these, these options. But yeah, modern binding is...
3: it's 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 trash i just had to learn all about all of this for work in the archives (laughs) so i'm i'm in complete sympathy with that statement yeah when i learned about how you make a modern paperback i was why (laughs) yeah yeah and if you you just glued
2: together basically right i actually used to make
1: paperbacks
2: that's why that, that direction, was, I mean, that question was aimed at you, Chad. It's actually, They're actually just basically glued together, right? Well,
1: yeah, because we'll see there's perfect binding,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is where you have a machine that actually will grind the back of the, uh, they call them signatures,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then they'll apply a glue, a glue and then it'll put the the cover around. And it makes it look nice, but it doesn't hold very well.
0: No, it doesn't.
1: And then there's... Where if you look at a book, a paperback, where if the binding, if the signatures don't look even, that's actually stronger. I forget what the term
3: is for that. But if but, uh, my notebook wasn't across the room, I might be able to help you remember. Yeah, because I had I took notes on all the different binding techniques.
1: Yeah, I used to work in a uh, place that actually made medical journals.
3: That's so cool. And a little oh, higher. That is cool.
1: They would do also other paperbacks and and stuff like that. So like high end, small batch work, you know, like 2000, which is, you know, small. So and then now I actually make paper (laughs) paper
3: making is awesome.
1: It is actually really a art. You would be surprised now. The paper made back in the time of your leaf from the Gutenberg press, that was probably made with rag paper. Mm-hmm. So they, you would take old rags and fibers and, and you would... It, are you sure it's not vellum?
3: Yes, it is okay. not vellum.
1: Vellum is, I think, animal skin? Yes. If I'm correct on Sheep, that.
3: Sheep, usually.
1: Yep. So a lot of the old stuff that was printed on vellum, but um, older paper like that, they would use rags and then you use a process of screens you would literally put put the fibers in water in an emulsion and then you would take a screen and then you would you know shake it and layer the, layer the fibers up and then basically take the water out mm-hmm. so modern paper um, papermaking machines are basically dewatering devices but we do make um, some high end printing paper for high-end books i don't think we you know any of that's used in where the footprints end maybe it should be (laughs) but um it it has a lot of you know it's Mm acid-free and it doesn't have any of the fillers that some of the other paper that we make has like you'd be surprised they actually add like ash to some of the paper and all that as as fillers but it's crazy like the amount of science that goes into it because every tree to so back in the old days they didn't use trees. And that's why that paper lasts a little longer, but every tree has, uh, has its own property and every fiber has its own property. Like it's, there's difference between like hardwood and softwood. We actually down at the paper mill, we actually separate the, the there's a, there's actually a hardwood pile and a softwood pile. And then all the papers that we make have what they call furnishes, which are basically recipes for making these different papers. But it's, 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 it's a art, believe it or not, even though we're using a machine, you have to know what you're doing. You can't just go in there and push buttons. It's, it's crazy. You know, and every machine is completely different because we actually have machines down there. The one that just got shut down about four years ago, was actually running since the early 1800s.
3: Oh, that's wow. amazing.
1: Which which was wild. Uh, if you would have looked at the, when you say about Morgana about things being made differently, this, the metal framework on the machine was actually beautiful. What an industrial mm-hmm. machine, it was very beautiful because things were made to last and to look nice, you know, like you had pride in that machine running. Right. But, uh, yeah. It was made by battleship makers from New Hampshire. It was once the biggest paper machine in the world, and uh, nobody else knew how to make anything that big. So they had these battleship makers make the uh, the big tank. They call them. Uh, they're basically steam canisters. So they're giant rolls that they put steam in, and that flash forces the water out of the fibers out of the. That's uh, neat. Out of the the big uh, sheet, as you would as you would say it in layman's terms but yeah this machine ran for over a hundred years and was constantly updated and they finally just they shut it down so it was a shame because it was a good machine it really was but it's just crazy these things develop their own personality these old things and yeah you know chad had to take it out behind the the uh Factory and shoot it. Yeah. Well it wasn't the machine's fault. It what it was, and I don't care if anybody hears this that doesn't like it, but it was the stupid bean Counters who decided mm. that oh uh, it, it it was still making money, but it didn't make enough money in their opinion. I oh, see. So it was what a shame. Oh yeah, they were fools. Absolute fools, but you know. But that that place has a lot of history. I mean, it's crazy. There's been a paper um, a paper mill there for a really long time, a really long time. I mean, this, this comp- what was the original company, the mill itself was founded, you know, even before the Civil War. So, you know, mm. there, there's a long history. And then there's a lot of weird stuff that happens in that place, too. But we're going to work on that one, I think. I think that's in one of the upcoming projects. Correct,
0: nice. Tim? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. So, Well, the younger kid um, is going to be a counselor in training at the art camp this year in bookbinding and papermaking. So cool. in the bookbinding and papermaking shop, that's where they'll be teaching younger kids how to do the things and learning more new things and perfecting them as they go along. So. He's very excited, and you know, I got him a bunch of paper making stuff and binding stuff to play with here. That's cool. I expect I'm going to lose all my watercolor paint uh, paper <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because it's good. I ran out of paper, Mom.
1: <laughs> well, it's, get like old jeans and stuff like that, and then just shred them up so you can make rag paper.
3: Yeah, that's a really yeah. good idea. Yeah,
1: we, I was a long, long time ago when I went when i was younger when i was a kid we went to uh williamsburg down in virginia and they actually had like somebody that made paper like they did in the 1700s and that was so cool so cool and i've just been part of that field for oh my god it's my whole life (laughs) you know i'm like second generation paper maker and you know i made books and paper for my whole life so it's it's a really cool field it really is yeah. In college, I took a printmaking class. One of our
2: assignments, we had to make the paper that we put our print on. Uh, That's. I remember cool. putting like flowers and all kinds of stuff in it, and, you know, impressing it, and uh, it was cool. It looked neat. It was a really neat-looking paper, but it'll, you know, it's not archival with all that stuff in it for sure. <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> no. I made paper. We we also got to go to something like you got to go to to see somebody who made paper like they did in the past. So I got to go on one of those field trips and they let us, you know, choose, you know, one activity we could do. And I was like, I want to make paper. And I I ha- I got to make like a little sheet of paper and a teeny tiny pan that they let little me use. A little teeny di- screen. little dinky screen and... We all got to collect it on our way back because, of course, they had to hang them to dry. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I was very, very excited. And I kept that sheet of paper for a very, very long time. And then I no idea, no idea what happened to it after a certain period of time. I think it dissolved, honestly. Because it's not like you're good at making paper when you're eight and it's the first time you ever make a sheet of paper. Like, it's not good paper. (laughs) Yeah. Certainly not archival. Oh, no. Well,
0: today I did the thing that I swore to Zach I would not do, and I made my first watercolor paint show.
2: The paint itself.
0: The paint itself. The paint itself, I did not gather the um, pigment. I actually had some powdered pigment already made primarily from mica um, that I had been using with uh, acrylic medium to to do special gilding looking effects without mm-hmm. actually gilding something um, so I used that and uh The next one I'll do, I'll have to get my respirator out and put gloves on because it's um, iron oxides that came out of uh, an old coal mine that's leaked out and leached out into the uh, creek. And so what people have started doing is they partnered with the art school here at Ohio University And they take the iron oxide out and essentially mill it so that it can become a pigment. Um, And right now you can get it in oil paint from Gamblin, but nobody's put it into watercolor yet. But I had a friend who has a friend who had given her some of the powdered pigments. So I decided I had to learn how to make watercolor out of it.
2: Will, this, will that make
0: it black, Iron Oxide? Uh, no, Iron Oxide actually makes all kinds of colors.
2: Oh, does it really? It does,
0: okay. it does. So the three pigments that I have, there's one that's a, sort of a Indian yellow. It's almost that color. Um, so it, it looks kind of like a mustard color, but not okay. super, super bright. Then there's a brown that is so rich and deep, it's like, it's like, I'm trying to think. Cocoa is dull looking, but if you get really good dark chocolate that has the sheen to it, the couverture, that's what okay. it looks like. Except there's just a little tinge of red and blue in it, so I think I can turn it purple. And if I, if I, play with it a little bit. And then there's a red, which looks pretty much like an ochre color. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And then I've got some hematite that I'm going to grind up and see if I can get the hematite sparkle in some of them. So, yeah. I'm going to be <laughs> doing weird, medieval, 17th century nonsense up in my You'll need studio. egg whites, Huh?
3: You know, at... I said you'll need egg, egg rob-
0: whites if you're gonna go with medieval paint. I know oh, tempera. I'm probably gonna stick with the 17th century and on up watercolors.
2: But the, I might, um, I
0: might do egg tempera and give it to Tom for when he does his manuscripts.
2: The uh, mines at Rob Park, had, you know, they did iron, but they also did hematite there. They mined.
1: Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah! I actually seen some of that
2: at a rock tree. Yeah, it's the it, it's, well it's around there too you can you can see it in the rocks
1: there
0: you see there you go pick That's up cool. pick up weird rocks and i'll see if i can grind them up <laughs> <laughs>
1: well i wonder if um so i just learned recently and i didn't tell you this tim well, you might know this so folklorically and i just told you guys this i did not know that when you're forging things and you pull steel out of the forge and you beat it on the anvil you get you get this dust that comes off and what that is is it's the scale off of the uh off the piece as you work it i did not know that wise women and other people in uh traditions european traditions would actually gather that anvil dust and was considered to have like magical properties or be used for protection and all that stuff so i did not know that until recently
3: i didn't so. know until you told me yeah and it makes perfect sense that it would be magical well absolutely mm-hmm. but that's I mean, so cool
1: i mean does that fall into i guess that falls into the cold steel thing don't it yeah yeah i would say yeah yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was actually listening to uh Caleb's podcast on backwoods forging And because I've, I don't know if anybody knows, but I've started forging, starting to learn the process. And then he said that he said wise women in certain traditions. I I think he said Celtic, but I'm sure it's all across. The
0: Germans did too.
1: Yeah, all across Europe, you know, considered it had to have like certain properties of protection on all that. And people you would go because the blacksmith was considered, you know, a pillar of the community. Because, you know, he took the stuff out into the middle of nowhere to actually make things for you. And you would go visit the Blacksmith to have things made for you. And while you were there, you would gather some of the anvil dust. I did not know that. So I'm going to start collecting (laughs) the anvil dust from the anvil. And we'll, we'll, maybe you can make some pigments with that. That Oh, that would be
3: cool. You could probably protective sigils. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a a paint that is it's a handmade paint. I didn't make it. It's called blue iron. And it's a mixture of a uh, a red iron oxide with a blue iron oxide. So when you paint with it, you get a stroke that's blue with red tinges or red with blue tinges. Oh, that's and cool. I <laughs> I use that paint to uh paint a line of uh, fairies and, and and not the little cute little fairies, but the kinds with, you know, antlers and st- you know, swords and spears and all kinds of stuff coming up the, out of a hill. And all I want. used was, yes, <laughs> all I used was the, the iron oxide. I'm like, yes, irony is alive in my art studio today. So <laughs> that's the, yes, yes, I am. Respecting you by painting you, but uh, you can't have it.
3: (laughs) So So no stealing. Iron irony.
0: Yes, the iron irony.
1: It's just it's just weird how something that's supposed to be proof against these things seems to be the center of these things. Also, yeah. I find that, pardon the pun, Tim, ironic. (laughs) (laughs) At least in our area. So I don't know if it's because of the amount of of furnaces we had here or what, but Yeah,
2: no, I mean it's dependably, weird stuff happens Mm. around these iron furnaces. That's I'd love to know why. I mean, you know, what is it because they're not making cold iron there anymore and everything's like, ooh, now we can go check this out? Is it just because it's abandoned and abandoned places in general or, you know, attracted to these things? I wish I knew the answer, but it's, it's absolutely the case in Pennsylvania. Hard to find an iron furnace that doesn't have some kind of legend associated with it here.
0: Yeah. that's true. Yeah, we don't have as many iron furnaces around here as you guys have in your area, but we have a couple of them. And yeah, they're right smack dab in the middle of Vinton County weirdness. So, you know, who knows? Although with Vinton, I think it's just as much as there's hardly anybody who lives there. It's the least populated county in Ohio. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it's pretty much woods. And we've got plenty of state forests. Yep. State with forest and national forests in them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's full of all sorts of stuff. Lots of mounds used to be in the the state forests there too. Most of them got dug up by settlers though, so Yeah.
2: Yeah. Where did this Oh I've got some exciting news on that front, but I cannot share just yet.
3: Oh, uh, I'll oh tell is you, that I'll tell you all is
1: that what I think it
2: is? Yeah, the, I'll tell you in all. In the all place there. I think it is. Well, yeah, nothing's been confirmed yet, but it's oh things are looking Okay. Things are looking good. I, yeah. I believe yeah. that. I believe that. <laughs> When when it's time I'll absolutely announce it. It's not <laughs> something I'm going to keep secret forever.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> and I'll tell you when, when we have the mics so. <laughs> on.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's and really cool.
1: it's really cool. It's really cool.
3: And Morgana and I will try not to hold it over everybody. And go, hey, we know. I <laughs> won't hold it over anybody. I'm too tired to hold things over well, people. Well,
0: and <laughs> you 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 know, I guess you could
3: hold it over the people that you work with and go to
0: School with, but they'd be like, What the heck are you talking about? Yeah, I don't even know what you're <laughs> yeah. talking about, crazy person.
2: I just say the general response of probably 90 plus percent of the population would be, Okay, so what? Yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah. for people like us, it's like, This is so cool.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: if it, what's really crazy though is if it's what I think it is, so that's like another connection in the spider web. Mm-hmm. Connected to something else, mm-hmm. so that that just it's nuts how all this stuff is just like totally connected, you know, circles yeah. back around, you know.
0: Yeah, I had a a about a three day long sink storm of little threads. So I was doing research that had to do with anomalous lights. And I'm typing in all of these notes. I have a book that is literally... I can't close it because I put so many post-it notes in it. And now I'm typing all that up. I, I do a chapter a day, sort of. And so, you know, I was typing that up. And one of my friends starts talking to me on one social media thing. And he's talking about... He said, you know... UFOs, he said, someone was talking to me about how every time he's seen a UFO, he's terrified. And it makes this, this sort of atavistic horror jump. And he says this out of the blue. Like, I, we weren't having a conversation. I, he, just, he says that. And he said, and you know, every time I dream about UFOs, I'm horrified. And he said, and it's one of the few nightmare things that scares me and he said, you know, what if that's that's sort of what they want, what the it wants you to do, it wants you to be afraid for some reason. Um that that, you know, maybe maybe something about our adrenaline gives uh it, it does something, you know, and and he's he's saying that and I'm like so I'm trying to type and then I yeah. Yeah. I think so. So I'm, I've got the phone over here and my computer over here and I'm typing back and forth. And then another person on uh, Facebook starts messaging me and he's a seer. So he, he talks to spirits and he starts just listing out all of this stuff as to what he's pretty sure the spirits are. And it turned out that actually he was basically writing to me what they wanted me to hear. And both of those things come together in what I'm typing in the next chapter. So I I finish a chapter and I'm getting something from here, something from there. and And I start typing that chapter and some of the same phrases are coming up. And I was just like, man... Okay, I'm not as cool as John Keel, but this is some Keelian freakishness here. Yeah, that's
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. like, that like, feeds into Soraya's time loop stuff, too. Uh huh.
0: I was like, what yeah. is happening?
3: Uh, I had but the yeah. worst deja vu I've had in a while. Oh, what happened? I was having a conversation with my mentor, and all of a sudden, everything. I knew exactly what I was about to say and what he was about to say to it. And vice and like for the next three minutes, I like knew the whole conversation and it proceeded exactly with the same people walking by. Ooh. And I was like, okay, (laughs) some, some weirdness is going to happen somewhere in my life. Or maybe it's already happened. Or maybe it's going to happen to somebody else. I don't know. Great. Awesome. Fine. I'm just going to try to act normal while I'm talking to somebody when I know what they're going to say for the next five minutes straight. Wow.
2: How long ago was this?
3: Um, that was Friday. Friday? It was Friday at like 345.
2: <laughs> no- nothing happened since?
3: Nothing has happened since. I mean, a panic attack and stuff. But that's normal.
2: I was going to say, are are panic attacks normal things for you? Not
3: super normal, but they they have been known to occur. Um, But no, nothing bad has happened. No weird noises. Nothing's gone missing. Haven't seen anything strange. Haven't...
2: the stress. I, I, I assume you you know the root of the panic attack. Yes. Essentially, the stress is related to something that's fairly uh, discernible as far yes. as your,
3: your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. It is a mundane panic attack, not a mm-hmm. not a yes. spiritually influenced panic attack. <laughs> um. So yeah, either it was a one-off, although usually when they're that strong. Something has happened, or is about to happen.
2: So you've had them before. Or...
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's... How often? Um. I, it depends. I will go for like almost a year without having any, and then I'll have a bunch cluster in like one week.
2: Interesting. Welcome to Strange Familiars, by the way. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on in your life when when these happen a lot together?
3: Oh. Uh... Um, usually when they happen a lot together, weirdness picks up. Interesting. Um, sometimes... Like, when I had them... the When I had them all the time was when I was a young... Like, around 18, 19... 16 to 19, I think, was when I had the most of them. And that was a period of great change.
2: Okay, that was my next
3: question, yeah. Um, And they would happen usually right before or during a change or a significant event, which is why they make me a little bit nervous. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know, are are you a premonition? Is this just a weird premonition? Or is this just, I dreamed this three months ago, like I sometimes dream pieces of my life months yeah. in advance and half the time it means nothing. And sometimes it means something, but it's this tiny insignificant thing. Yeah. That means but nothing. It's, but that it's I very recognize. Specific. But it's in the midst of some big significant thing. Mm-hmm. And you would never be able to to say, well this chip bag that was on the floor in this position with these pillows in this position and the dog right there while a bird hits the window like and the doorbell rings all at the same time like that would mean nothing when you get that as a jumbled image in a dream and then it jumps out at you but then you know that's the same day you get a flat tire or you know, it turns out your dog needs surgery or whatever, and right. you start getting a little worried.
2: Well, hopefully, this was a one-off, and and it it does not bode any any ill. Uh,
3: I hope so too. Yeah. They're also just uncomfortable when they happen because. It,
2: uh, <sighs> yeah, I can imagine. Like I I, I, I haven't experienced this, but I can imagine it's just just odd, just like an odd. Yeah. Feeling.
3: Like, it's... It's almost like there's a juxtaposition of what you're seeing in your head versus what you're seeing in real life, and all of a sudden they, like, smack into each other and wobble sideways before they snap into focus.
0: See, that sounds like some wibbly wobbly timey-wimey stuff that's just, <laughs> you know... <laughs> I
1: kind of understand where you're coming from because I've had them once or twice. And it makes you wonder, is like, am I awake or am I dreaming?
3: Right. That's what it feels yeah, like. I
1: totally get it because I've had, I've had them in the past. The one, you know, one Tim, I told you about the, story about the, the owl. The owl uh, you should tell that. That's an awesome yeah, story. Yeah. Yeah. That was, and I've had some recently, which, which you know about Barbara with, uh, yeah was actually was (laughs) deaths which wasn't cool yeah Uh, but um no the one with the owl that happened when i was in high school and uh, i was driving back late at night and this was i think it was during the fall and we were driving me and my cousin um i'm really close with my uh He's actually my second cousin, but he's more like a, he was more like a brother. You know, we we're, we're that close. And we were coming back from somewhere. I can't remember where it was, actually. And we were driving on this really curvy back road outside of Spring Grove. And we're just randomly talking. He's just randomly talking to me. And as I'm driving, he says something. And I go, oh, my God. He goes, what? I said, something's going to happen. He goes, we mean something's going to happen. I said something's going to happen, and I have to change it. So I didn't know what it was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For those of you who can't see, to just pointed at me, and um, I was like, "Something's going to happen, and I got to change it." And I didn't know what it was, but it felt like it was really going to be bad, whatever it was. And he's kind of—he was getting a little scared. And as I'm driving, all of a sudden I'm like, "Whatever it is, it's going to happen about." now and i literally hit the brakes on the car and stopped the car on this back road middle of the night middle of nowhere and all of a sudden as i did that this big huge owl flew up over the hood of the car passed over the over the uh windshield and went up over the top of the car and i remember it being this huge white owl it it could have been a snowy owl but I remember seeing this thing just all of a sudden appear out of nowhere and just come up over the top of the car. And it was like I knew it was coming. Yeah. Which was, which was really bizarre. I mean, we do get those here, around here once in yeah. a while. Yeah. But it was not the right time of the year for this thing to be there. And it, yeah. I just remember seeing it, you know, it, it the wingspan. You know, this was like just a, a normal, for those of you, you know, a Chevy Cavalier is what it was. And the wingspan was, you know, the whole the whole width of the of the windshield. It was huge. But it's like I knew something was going to happen. And as soon as I hit it, all of a sudden this owl just flies right up to the car. So what would it have happened if it hit the car? I don't know. I don't know to this day. But
3: Bad, probably.
1: It might not have even been about the owl.
3: No. Yeah. The owl might
1: have been there to mark
0: something, something it, well, yeah.
1: yeah, now that we know what we know now.
2: You
0: know what I mean? Yeah.
1: But... <laughs> I don't remember seeing it coming from the field or anything like that. Like, part of me, as I was driving, it, I don't want to say it like, because I was driving, I was looking forward, but in my mind's eye, I had passed it. Like, as I'm going driving down the road, I had seen it in the field. So, I wasn't looking at him, looking that way, but it was like almost like I saw it, and then I stopped, you know? And it was just freaky, just really freaky.
3: Yeah. And
1: so I've had multiples of them my entire life and I still have it now, you know, I'll yeah. be talking to people and I'll say something, you know, just really like, oh, well, so-and-so or I'll say a comment, you know, in jest or something. And then, you know, the next day it comes true or, you know, I'll say something, you know, well, you know, it'd be, you know, so-and-so was here and then the guy shows up, you know, which yeah. is small that seems small but what has happened recently you know in my life you know when i said stuff like that it turned out to be a major event so it, it kind of yeah. scared scares me in a way like it really scared me and it's been happening more yeah. so i i don't know if it's because of what we do or um well yeah you know what i mean like yeah. that heat it up or what so when that happens in the past i would try to change it now i just kind of let it let it roll you know especially since the things that have been happening recently i can't control you know i can't i can't hit the brakes on the car and stop the car but but no to this day that story just sticks with me because i'll always remember it which is yeah crazy you know yeah. So, but, no, to, I, I totally understand where you're coming from, Morgana, and I can understand that kind of anxiety that comes from that. You know?
3: Yeah. Like, when I was younger, I was really superstitious about interrupting them because I would feel the same way you felt when you were a kid, like a mm-hmm. teenager. Like, that dread, like, something's going to happen. I feel like it's going to be really bad. I have to change it. And so I would try to divert whatever was supposed to happen and with mixed successes because sometimes you can interrupt it yeah um but a lot of the time like i would go like i finally quit trying to interrupt it because i would go to interrupt it and that would be the next thing that was going to happen and so I was like, exactly. "Okay, this is this is becoming inceptiony. Like, there is no way out. I'm just gonna. I just have yeah. to let this wash over and see what the fuck goes down. You're
0: you're turning it into waiting for Godot and stuff, and just no, <laughs> stop.
3: <laughs> like too many layers at that point. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Like I said, now I just kind of like." as the old saying go let let the chips fall where they may yeah and just kind of deal with with uh whatever comes my way because sometimes you just can't you can't stop it or you can't divert it and you know trying
3: may be the wrong decision anyway
1: exactly or maybe you were meant to make that decision
3: yeah like
1: it, it makes you question like how much free will do we actually have i know, you
3: know? <laughs> it's very 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 nerve ma- nervousness inducing yeah and there's there's an existential dread that happens whenever one of these happens to me there's a there's a book that
0: anthony peak wrote <coughs> called cheating the fairy man and it's a very it's it's a good book um and it's it's really interesting, uh, but basically, he says that those those bits where we're remembering something, or or you know, it seems like we're presaging something, but we're actually remembering something, because our we essentially live life after life, and it's basically the same life with variations, and and i'm doing a crap job of explaining it he'll probably <laughs> hate me now um but it's it's really interesting um i don't know if he's exactly right but i don't think he's exactly wrong either so
2: i it, used i used to, i came up with a, a you know totally independently uh with a similar theory and i used to basically use it as an excuse to do whatever i wanted <laughs> so, <laughs> this is in high school. I came up with this idea: yeah, you know, eternal reexistence. As soon as you die, you're reborn again. It's the same person in the same time, and and uh, but I was like, so I used to tell my friends, hey, we might as well party. We're <laughs> 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 do it again. You know? L- life is just one big I mean, episode of Groundhog Day." So I, I do not believe that currently, but I did uh, uh, at that time. I was like, I'm. I, I think that's the way it works. <laughs>
0: There's lots of people on Reddit who have similar ideas, and it's kind of cool to, to read their, you know, theories and go, hmm, kind of like that. That would make a good novel.
2: It's.
1: I mean, it's interesting. It's also a little egocentric. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Well, you were young.
0: We were all egocentric when we were young. Right, yeah. 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 It's kind of yeah. your job to be egocentric when you're young, because it's, right. it's I... how you individuate away from your family members and, you know... I... Create when, a persona uh, uh, of yourself.
2: A twenty-year-old who wants to be a vampire. You go, okay. You get somebody later in life. So I want
1: to be a vampire. Like, what is your problem? <laughs> <I> know, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> a fifty-year-old. A fifty-year-old like a- 50 wanting to be a wizard. <laughs> What's this wanting to be? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I have a. Wait. I am sorry i have am sorry too. Oh, here we go. Here we
2: go. You're grinning. (laughs) You are a great and powerful wizard. It says that. Someone send that to me, so
1: it must be true. It's in a book. It's in the title of a book, so it must be true. Oh, my. When you said about remembering, I automatically thought of those stupid... Uh those stupid Greys I saw in my dreams.
0: Oh yeah.
1: You know, at Cadoris.
0: Those guys.
1: That unnerves me.
0: They they I just read a book. I shouldn't have. Um I just shouldn't have. <laughs> you shouldn't have. Um <laughs> It's it's by an author, his name's Paul Sinclair. He's from the UK. And he started having experiences with what we would call Grays now when he was a child in the 1960s. And they were really, really creepy. Like, I've read plenty of, of abduction scenarios. Um, these were... You can tell he, he didn't go to, like, one of the researcher hypnotist people who, mm-hmm. you know, because it was weird stuff that doesn't fit the typical narrative but is still creepy and it creeped me out just as much as communion did the first time i read that like that was the first time i'd ever read a paranormal book that i just was like no you know and i couldn't look at the cover i'd have to like cover the cover up you know (laughs) across the room i wouldn't sleep with the book in the room you know so i read that like two days ago <laughs> I was like why am i reading this this is scaring the crap out of me <laughs> but you know he was describing the feeling of um something crawling up the bed and depressing the uh covers that were over him on each side like he could feel four limbs crawling up uh, oh my god I was like, oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Why did I do this to myself? Why? (laughs) Because he has anomalous light experiences along with it. So that's why I read it. Ah. So that's why I'm putting myself through this terror. But no, I, you know, even as he described them, they still don't sound or look like the typical greys. But they're kind of like your little feathery greys that you had, Tim, the little... Tribal guys mm-hmm. dancing around. Or, oh, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah they're yeah, they're, yeah. they're enough like greys that you can go, okay, so that's kind of like greys. But they're also different enough that they're individual. He's a very interesting person. Um, but, yeah, I scared myself to death with that. I, I did not like it. So, yeah. The The couple times that I've had some experience that is grey-like, I... Was completely and utterly horrified.
2: Yeah, there was someone on the um, on the strange familiar's Discord who was like, I won't paint her as pro-gray, but certainly gray sympathetic, and um, it's it's an admirable position. It's, it's like you know, I, okay, you you have. Um, compassion for, 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 all beings. That's a very admirable position, but I'm like, I can't get there.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: I mean, well, that, that last time that you were referencing when they were dressed like weird gigolo tribal things, um, it was almost funny. It wasn't, you know, that was the most positive experience I've had with them where I was like, I almost started laughing. I'm like, what is going on here? Um, so if they want to give me more of that, you know, if I have to have it, I'll, I'll I'll take that over the creeps standing by my bed at night. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't. I don't trust them. I don't trust anything where I feel like my will is being subverted.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I know people. Oh, it's a shamanic experience, and this and that. Well, well yeah, but maybe i I mean, don't people generally choose to go through shamanic experiences
0: not the first time usually no, that's the that's the time. initiation thing sometimes is a unwilling you know sort of yeah home. it just happens
3: mm-hmm.
0: um and but then they usually get training now we in the the West have screwed that up by getting rid of all of our shamans, so maybe that's part of the problem um the, the person who was sending me messages while I'm trying to type, said something about they're like, they're, they are us and we are them. And he meant that as spirits in general. And that they are the other half of us. They just don't have bodies. And then he said something really interesting. He said some of the ancestors in the West are starving. Because we don't recognize them. So, of course, my little brain goes, is that what the greys are? They're starving? Is it like the hungry ghost idea that I had? But mm. it's more that it's because we don't know how to connect in the ways that we used to? I don't know.
2: Yeah, I'm, that's a really interesting, because, you know, of course, the, the theory's been thrown out that the, that they're us from the future coming back, right? Yeah. But, yeah, what if there are the ancestors coming forward?
0: Well, it, because, it reminded me of what they said to you. Yes, we do have the right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Is that's it, very interesting. That's very interesting.
3: That's made me think. And, and yeah. yeah. No, but, yeah. I mean, that's very nice. And... <laughs> <laughs> i the one and only time I ever saw any of them, I went at' them with a knife at when I could finally be deparalyzed. yeah, I don't they blame just, you either. They give off
1: they're not right they're,
2: they bring
3: fear off. with them
2: i yeah, I took a swing myself, so yeah I get that i, I threw like, my uh, didn't connect with anything no
3: There's, me neither, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I tried. I threw my pillow
0: and it's uh it's uh memory foam it's that really dense, heavy stuff weighs mm-hmm. about eight pounds and it it always hit the the open door to the room and it would just sound like a cannon shot and of course, then everybody wakes up and what mm. the hell what what happened and I'm like oh it's just it's just that guy it's just that guy again. I was just throwing it at the guy, the guy.
2: just fighting with the other It's <laughs> just,
0: <laughs> just just having a pillow fight, that's all.
2: <laughs>
0: Zach's like, I'm going to get you a feather pillow. <laughs> but I'm allergic to them. It won't work as well. He's like, yeah, but if it hits the door, it won't make that noise. <laughs> yes, you too know. can have these I... horrifying dreams and
3: throw pillows at inanimate objects. <laughs> I think anything that deliberately brings fear is not... It's not on the up and up. It's just not. <laughs> it's just not.
0: I think you're right.
2: Yeah one would one would hope our ancestors would be
0: a little better aware, than that. Of, yeah, you know, aware
2: of like yeah.
0: I can see the first time, you right, know, being be, make, making us afraid because it's not something that we're taught to expect. You know, little creature showing up trying to talk to us, staring at us, talking to us without moving their mouths, being psychic. You know, that's going to scare somebody if they're just, you know, normal. But, and the other part of that is, you know, the, the people who see them in other countries do have ancestor worship, and that's not what they think those are.
2: True. Very true. So...
0: I was like, but that is an intriguing idea. I'm like, yeah, can it I is, yeah. can I work that yeah. into a short story? What can I do with that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so I'm reading. My question oh. is, go ahead, Tim. Go ahead. I'm reading a book
2: now um, for a, a very, very long show, or perhaps a many series of shows that that I'm going to do for the Flowered Path about a mystic who could um, see and, and was visited by souls from purgatory. And some of these are horrifying, like what she's describing. And then over time, she kind of makes peace with them individually. And with the, the the concept as a whole, as it's happening to her, this happened for like, let's say seven or eight years, like, and I have her diary basically that uh, I'm going to, and every night there's something it seems. It's very rarely there's not a night where she doesn't wake up and, and something's there. but she does come to terms with it over the to- over time, and it, it's interesting because as she as each one of these souls come back, say, and um, she learns their story as best she can, sometimes they can't talk, especially seems like they first appear they're less human and and more scary looking. And then, as she sort of gets to know them as best she can, as they keep reappearing, um, they become less scary and more more human looking until finally she's, you know, this is in the Catholic tradition. So she's saying prayers for them and eventually they, they move on. They move on. Um, the, the, you know, take or leave the, the, the Catholic part of it. But I found it very interesting, though, as that, you know, they start out as these, some of them are completely inhuman when they start out. And then, but as she has repeated encounters with this, I mean, they they sort of become more and more human and more, more kind and more less scary, until eventually, you know, they kind of pass on. So maybe something like that, you know, that's mm-hmm. maybe some process like that. I don't know.
3: Yeah, I could see that. They could still, I don't know, knock. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> like no, I, I I'm, I'm not much of a practitioner, but by God, am I good at wards? <laughs> yeah, you are. And I feel as if, if you show up in my house, and you have bypassed my wards, you've broken in, mm. and I do not have to be nice to you. <laughs> because you're probably not here for a good reason. <laughs> like if you want to come in, there are there are ways. You can you can knock. I'll probably let you in and give you some butter and cookies or something. But you have to knock. You can't just bust up in people's houses and be looming over their beds trying like, to like reach for their face. Like no, nobody asked you. Nobody asked you. We didn't say you could come in. Shoo. I don't know. Maybe I'm prejudiced. Maybe I'm just prejudiced against the greys because they're well, super icky. I just,
1: I just think you're practical.
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you.
2: Yeah, I think Chad's description—they're not right. They're not right. It uh, right. applies. They just don't seem. They don't seem natural in any kind of no. way no
0: no no they don't
2: like even these like like okay so we shouldn't be seeing weird lights at site seven or wherever we're seeing them but they don't feel they feel of the place when they're happening like when you say chad like they're not they're not explainable they're not it's not like but they feel like they don't feel alien to the place no,
1: that no they're part of the uh landscape or part of the background yeah. you know yeah. they are of the place yeah i mean you, you know they're not the, natural or not when i didn't mean to say natural i meant to say you know they're not man-made so yeah, right they seem to be right like they belong there
3: yeah
2: right. it's not like it's not like it's ear you know it's not it's eerie it's it's amazing it's strange but it's, you don't get that same kind of like uncanny valley thing yeah you get with the grays where it's just like Mm-mm-mm. no
1: something like you don't belong here
3: yeah yeah
1: now we've gotten like on white rocks when we saw the red eyes you know you, you get the we don't belong here meaning me and you like mm-hmm. it's right. time for us to leave right and, you know like yeah. this isn't for you anymore but that's still not yeah. the same feeling right as what the grays are right it's, yeah exactly it's not like that didn't belong there it was like
2: we were intruding on whatever that was we didn't yeah. belong there we were the grays <laughs> yeah. yeah at the maybe, time
1: maybe but no I yeah they're just not right you know the, the lights belong to the place mm-hmm. yeah. that they're at that's my feeling anyway Yeah.
3: That's That's been my general experience with stuff is the lights that I've seen look like that's where they should be, even the lights in the sky, which unnerve me more than the lights in the woods for some reason. You would think the thing that's further away would be less nervousness making, but no, <laughs> it's because they're bigger.
2: Yeah, Well, and it's situational too, I think. Yeah. Like when when we... The night we hiked into Site 7 and sat there amongst the lights, I thought this is going to be horrible. Like this is going to be scary and they're going to run us out of here. And it was playful Mm -hmm. and curious and not anything I expected it to be. We go to the other area where where basically we can park and and get out of the cars and look at the lights and things get creepy as heck. We're not even in, in among them.
1: And things would just get super creepy. I I think at that point that we're at their gate. And Mm -hmm. they're just like, we're going to be creepy and weird to keep you out. Mm -hmm. Where when we were in there, they're like, oh, you're in the house. I guess we'll be nice. I guess we'll be nice. You know what I mean?
0: Rules of hospitality apply. (laughs) There you go. We'll be nice to these
1: guys. Exactly.
0: Well, we've
2: been... We did hike in at daylight and stayed there until dark, too. Oh, we that
0: did. is a different thing then. Yeah.
1: yeah. We were there for a while.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: We were there for a while. So I think at that point, they knew we were there. I mean, they always know you're there. But, oh, yeah. But they just were checking us out in their way. Mm-hmm. hmm And it was a different combination of people than we've ever had before since that's, too. that's that true that's yeah. true see that's one thing i want to do is take john to pandemonium oh yeah because pandemonium has consistently and not to change the subject has consistently acted the same even with different people Mm-hmm. so i'm just curious to see how it would react to him But that place... Is... He's up for it. Oh, absolutely. He's definitely up for it. Definitely. I mean, th- that place is just a total different monster than Site 7 too. Each place has its own thing.
3: Yeah. Well, that... Places have... Places have character. Mm-hmm. Like, it makes sense that they're all different.
1: That's true. It's true. true. Different memories, different happenings, you know. So, and and just the more you delve into it, the more you find, like, just the stuff we found on site seven. I mean, I think there's a lot we haven't even really brought to light yet. No, to be honest, We're kind of wait, waiting to connect some dots. Mm-hmm. No, which that would be interesting when that comes to light. I still remember when I found like that. What was it? Like a research paper somebody did. On it in yeah. the 80s. And in it was And I was yeah. like, where did this come from? <laughs> and, it, yeah, describing the same things we see there. Yeah. Now.
2: Well, wow. even some
1: more stuff. Even more stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, growing up, you know, that wasn't the place you went to see weird stuff. You know, growing up in York County, the place you went to see weird stuff was either Hex Hollow or Toad Road. You right. Know, you didn't know about Site 7, but apparently this... Was the place you went to see weird stuff? In the well, they 70s. were talking. They were talking to kids from Columbia. Mm-hmm.
2: so they were in the other. They were in the other county, so they would come across the river and go to this place.
1: Yeah. So yeah, but that definitely connected a lot of dots, and then
2: mm-hmm. at at the time there were um, farmhouses there, like abandoned houses. There they've been torn down since. But they're in this folklore, this paper on the, you know, basically a folklore research paper that Chad found. But they're interviewing these kids and they're talking about weird lights in the windows of these farmhouses.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Like, like it's the same thing that we're, yeah, like,
1: same thing we're experiencing today. And weird animals and just Mm -hmm. all kinds, which you have had. I haven't seen the weird animals, but I think you had, was it, did you have it or did somebody else have that there? Well, we saw a, a, a hairless fox there, um, and then
2: someone else saw a what she described as like a, a three foot tall
1: weasel kind of thing, which is actually is in that research paper. <laughs> is that in that paper too? I think so. It's like a white, a white thing. So white animals. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah, Barbara. Those, Where, yeah.
0: I was going to say, was it walking on two legs or four?
1: No, yeah, it is for this this hmm.
2: this witness, witness reported. It, but, that's a yeah. big
0: weasel. Like that's bigger yeah. than a Fisher cat, and that's bigger than a Wolverine height wise. Yeah, lies. it's not
2: like whatever she was describing. She was yeah. like, "This was not like, yeah, not a skunk, not a badger. It was huge."
0: Yeah,
2: she was saying three feet tall and not long. She, it was like seven feet long or something. Oh my, oh God. my God. goodness! Oh, that's yeah, yeah, that's.
0: And see, I'm wondering if there there was a you know prehistoric wolverine thing that right. was that big
2: Yeah, like glitch in the matrix kind of Yeah. Time she's, slip thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: she's seeing a ghost of some gigantic mammal from, you know, the mm. just after the ice age or something. That's
2: Yeah, she drew a picture of it and everything.
3: That's amazing. I didn't see yeah. that.
2: You have to show that to me. Probably not. Yeah, I I probably lost. <laughs> She sent it to me on Facebook that things go, you know. Oh, electronic! If I don't, yeah, if I don't grab them and
1: and and put them in a folder, they're, they're gone. So, see, that's the thing. We go back to a lot of the same places a lot, but that's because strange Familiars has almost become like a story. Yeah, and we're like yeah. characters in the story now, and um, mm-hmm. we find out more. And we just keep going and, you know, we just wring out as much out of it. Yeah. And, I mean, we just, there's so much in the works right now. It's it's crazy.
2: Well, like I said, I never stop research. Like, just because yeah. I publish books on Toad Road, it doesn't mean I stop researching. Like, I'm always digging up more information and more information and more information on it. Well, you can't. And you shouldn't, you know. So, you'll be researching Weird Lights, Barbara, you know. Till yeah, I know. Yeah, till the end. You'll be yeah. like, oh, I could, I, could, I could write another book or else add another chapter. Yeah, I know,
0: right?
1: <laughs> you'll have
2: He's, to do... Oh, we-
0: I'll write a second volume, <coughs> a third volume. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: You'll have to do Weird Lights, Ohio. Weird Lights, Pennsylvania.
3: Oh, my God.
1: New York, East Coast. <laughs> West Coast, Weird Lights.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It might be easier to break it up that way, honestly. Weird Lights UK. <sighs> that's an excuse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, that's what that is. That's an excuse.
1: <laughs> Weird Lights Canada.
0: Yep, Weird Lights oh, Canada. That's crazy. Go visit Susan and Massimo, Weird Lights Italy, the that's northern that's region.
3: That's <laughs> region. <laughs>
1: An excuse to get some good food.
3: Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my.
0: Yep. Good food that I don't have to cook.
1: Yeah, that's some place we'll have to go back. Oh, hey, we haven't been there in a while. At least I haven't. What's that? Uh, site seven.
2: Oh yeah, well, February is the time. Mhm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right.
0: That's when the lights are. More active for you all.
2: Just there. Yeah, in um, that one I don't place. Know if it's because we have a good sight line because there's no leaves on the trees. You know, it could be just down to that because they are there other times, but you can really see them. And, and I imagine January, but for some reason we just, I don't know. It's like we don't get there in January. We always intend to. And then <laughs> we just don't.
0: Things it's happen.
1: In- yeah. Yeah. Well, that's probably. Go ahead. Should probably do our soldiers walk through there next year. That would be cool. I think it's a good idea. That's a good idea. I'm, I'm excited about the fact that, um, like, the area that has to do with Toad Road is all like public land now. Oh yeah, yeah. Did they sell the? Did they finally sell the uh, mill?
2: I haven't been checking on it because uh, every time I do a tier roll slowly down my cheek cuz my wife won't <laughs> let me buy it. <laughs> the, the the furnace master's house is uh, the mansion. What's left of it is for sale that's associated with Cador's furnace and and with it you actually own part of Toad Road. I'm like, oh, come on. It's like, who should own this but me? And she's she's she was actually like you're not going to buy that behind my back, are you? Like, I won't buy it without your Okay, don't worry. We're 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 a team. I won't take all of our money and invest it in a crazy property. But I do want it.
0: <laughs> well yeah.
2: Hell I, I I'd I, like to have it. I have to say I
1: for the record,
2: I don't ask for much.
1: <laughs> there there just happens to be a GoFundMe page that says, you know, Toad Road. I I would feel bad setting that up. And the, the, the sad oh, okay. thing
2: is people were living in the mansion until about five years ago, at least five years ago, maybe, maybe more recently than that. And somebody bought it and tried to flip it and they were going to do some work on it. And they, they took the doors off and took the roof off and just never finished. Oh and now no. It, now it's unlivable. Oh, yeah.
3: I think that's... it was in
2: not in perfect condition before, but. No, but
3: like, after that.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: <clears throat> that's
0: criminal. That's terrible. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so it it would it would cost more than what they're selling the property for to actually fix, fix yeah. The, the, yeah, the mansion up. I so that wrong. sounds like
3: knock the mansion down and build a teeny tiny cabin. Or leave yeah, the mansion as up and build a cabin next door.
2: Yeah, that would be the way to go. And I, Steve looked at it. He said there's several outbuildings there, too. Along with some
1: ruins back and back and back of it.
2: Oh, I'll I believe see? it.
0: That's beautiful. i believe it.
1: <laughs> yeah. i I honestly hope the conservancy buys it and adds it to the rest yeah yeah I mean because really honestly for what it is the price isn't that bad the
2: price is not that bad it's like 20 some acres something like that yeah yeah and a mansion and it's was it, was it 120 or something
1: I can't remember Less than yeah, so some, yeah, something like that. Anyway. Anyhow. Yeah. But uh you know, if anyone should own Toad Road, it should be this guy. I, <laughs> I, I put the work in. Darn Marylanders coming up and buying our land here in PA. <laughs> well, you know, don't let me go back to old Cressup's
2: war. <laughs> oh yeah, let let's bring up that history. 30 miles from that, from the Mason-Dixon line, was once Maryland anyway, so. At least you say it was. We won. You'd have been, <laughs> you would have been flying Lord Baltimore's flag. To me? No. I'd be holding you we're all. from
0: West Virginia. Nobody wanted us, so, <laughs>
1: I will hold you off with my Pennsylvania long rifle. It is not a Kentucky you, long rifle. You would, be, you would be putting Old Bay on, on all your food, <laughs> as one should. <laughs> uh.
0: I do love Old Bay potato chips. They're good.
1: Oh, so good.
0: I also used to love oh. crabs, but I can't eat those anymore. So,
2: For aller- allergic reasons or choice? Yeah, for allergies. Ah, oh. uh, that sucks.
0: Yeah. Yeah, even if I, you know, went mostly vegetarian, I'd still eat seafood if I could. Because, well, it's delicious. Delicious, and they're they're sea bugs. I don't feel Mm. too bad about that. Mm.
2: Oh, yeah, crab. Mm. I haven't had any any good crabs in years. I just, they're so expensive now. Yeah. Mm. Every time we go to get them, I'm like, ugh. (laughs) <laughs> and then my, my, my kids, well, my daughter's vegan, but she's also allergic to fish. And then my son's allergic to fish. Oh, so I think he'd be okay with shellfish, but he doesn't want to try. And I understand. Oh, like, I don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Not at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's,
1: it's so ironic that crabs were considered like food for poor people. Yeah. Lobsters too. Yeah. Ain't that so crazy?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Food has fashions, just like clothes. And for similar reasons to clothing, um, food was a status item since there's been people in kitchens. Or at least fires.
1: Well, I guess eggs are for the rich now, too, now.
3: Yeah.
0: Oh, Although well, they're not that <laughs> bad here because we have so many local producers that yeah, even even you... local eggs are cheaper now. They're more
1: expensive than what they were, but come on, they're, you know. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just a market marketing thing. To be honest, you know,
2: I, it's just. Are in the, in, in the great wheel of eggs are good for you, eggs are bad for you, eggs are good for you, right. eggs are bad for you. Where are, where are we landed currently? At? Are they are they currently good for? Us? I
0: think they're good for us still, <laughs> but i I don't promise it. I'm not it as much of a, Yeah, I'm. I'm not as much of a culinary nerd as once I was. So I, I don't know. I don't know, but they are tasty.
2: Now I want eggs with old bay on them. See what you've done. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Doubled eggs that's with a old pretty bay. easy, like wish fulfillment task though. That's, that's pretty easy to just be like, okay, I can have eggs with old bay mm-hmm. on them.
2: True. We do have both of those ingredients.
3: There you go.
1: I'll just have eggs with cheese on. They don't need you. Eggs, old
3: with che- eggs with cheese on are good. That yeah, like looks steak and like like eggs channels. for breakfast.
1: Blasphemy! <laughs> <laughs> I guess there is a difference between what Chesapeake Bay seasoning and Old Bay. Yeah, you got Chesapeake Bay, so you got Y River
2: seasoning, and your Old Bay. They're all they're all in the same family. I mean, you
1: know, it's all good. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick to my Popeye with vinegar on it.
2: My friend uh, in, in who lived in the UK uh, came back here and, and you know, he's he's familiar with the, the wonder of Old Bay and, and took a great huge container of Old Bay back with him, so we'd have Old Bay That's in the cool. UK. And he said he had some friends visiting from like somewhere in the Midwest and you know they're uh, they're using the old bay over in the UK, and they're like, "What is this exotic
3: either, seasoning <laughs>
2: from, from, from England?" And he's like, "No, it's uh, it's from Maryland."
0: <laughs> it is. Yes, there funny are th- places in the United States that have flavor. It's true. <laughs> it's true.
1: It is funny though. Like when you get away from the, the further you get away from the bay, like one time I ordered crab cakes up in Harrisburg, and I asked them. For Old Bay because it 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 needed some. And mm-hmm. and they were like, What are you talking about? And I even resorted to asking for Chesapeake Bay seasoning. And it, <laughs> it it was horrible. And the manager comes out, he goes, I'm sorry, we don't have any he goes, I know what you want. <laughs> he goes, I'm from <laughs> Maryland. So I
0: understand wow. your problem, I, sir. I
1: understand you're paid. <laughs> so there's the- they sell
2: many places, many restaurants here sell what they call Maryland crab soup, and it's I I, I cry every time because it's it's I'm like come on guys you don't it's not it's, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's they're not doing it they're not doing not the it. same it's not and, and and yet you go a mile south over the over the line and they got it I don't what is it about crossing the the Mason Dixon line when it's like the recipes stop at the at the line.
1: Oh yeah. Well, uh, it's like pot pie in Maryland, and yeah, chicken pot pie is actually a chicken pie. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not Pennsylvania Dutch. Yes, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. So, so uh,
3: <laughs> okay.
2: with Ohio with Ohio pot pie.
3: Okay. Um,
0: it's just chicken in a pie. Sometimes okay. it's chicken in a pan with vegetables and then you put biscuits on top.
2: So that's that's how my mom made it. OK. Almost, almost like a shepherd's pie, but
1: instead of mashed potatoes, it,
2: had it was biscuits. biscuits.
3: Yeah. OK. Yeah. Those are the two ways I've seen it. Yes. Yeah, see, that's um, not chi-
1: that's not chicken Popeye here in York County.
3: So what yes. do you do to
0: it in York County?
1: It's like noodles. It's like hand. It's egg noodle. Egg like noodles. Egg noodles like, or big thick square noodles.
0: Okay, yeah. okay. And with I, chicken, how do you serve it?
1: Well, in my family, um, it, w- it would have potatoes, chicken, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes celery in it. And that's the basis you for it. you put vinegar on it? Yes. In my family, mm-hmm. the, the males would put vinegar on it. It has to be apple cider vinegar. Mm-hmm. And okay. all the, all the women would put tomato juice on it. And, Interesting and eat it that way.
0: That's <laughs> wow! So I've, I've had
1: it with I've had it with the vinegar
2: and I love it. So so I will say that's one thing. Like I absolutely okay. Love. So
0: now we're going to completely blow your both of your minds because that same dish with the noodles in Ohio and West Virginia, although it's fairly rare in West Virginia because it's a it's a Southern German thing, is. You you stew chicken and um, carrots and celery and onions until the chicken falls apart and you take it off the bone. You get rid of the bones, and then you put homemade noodles in it. And they're fairly wide. They're not square. They're they're wide they're and a like little hand bit long. Wide. Boys. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't. And have then to you do serve stuff. it. Yeah, you serve it over mashed potatoes. Hmm. Huh. So that's how, that's how it works in Ohio and West Virginia.
1: Yeah. See, we, we have vinegar? some, yeah. Is there vinegar on it?
3: No, no, huh. no. I don't know why we missed the vinegar part. Yeah. Of I don't, don't know miss that part that... of that message. I don't yeah. know I don't what know that. Why.
1: Yeah. I don't know what it is, but that, that was the way that I ate it. That's the way my grandfather ate it. And then I said about, I tried it with the uh, tomato juice and it was horrible. But and that doesn't yeah, that sound, sound. That doesn't all, sound all, the, all the women in my family on that side would eat it with the tomato juice, and then my grandpa yeah, was like, "He's like, yeah, I don't do that shit <laughs> <With> <laughs> that because I use vinegar."
0: I wonder if it's where did the where did the Pennsylvania Dutch region of Germany did they come from?
1: Was it a Palatinate? Yep.
0: Yeah. So, so that's the mid. An upper northern mid northern mid,
2: yeah, it's it's that um, Austria, that whole area okay. there. Yeah. Okay. Um, what'd you say? Yeah, Switzerland, okay. Austria, and that the, the the part of Germany right there. Pennsylvania, mm. what they call Pennsylvania Dutch or Pennsylvania German, is actually closest in form to Luxembourgian.
0: Wow. Hmm.
2: So, German speakers. Like, I've, I've sent stuff to friends in Germany, like, can you help me translate this Pennsylvania Dutch stuff? And they're like,
0: What the know. heck is that?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's very close to Luxembourgian, which is a you know obscure language.
0: There's like three people that live there, you know? Yeah. It's like Rhode Island, you know?
1: <laughs> I took German huh. in high school, and then I would try and speak it to my grandfather, who spoke PA Dutch. And some of the words would translate, but he was just like, He's like that's high German. He goes, that's not real German, is what he told me. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah. he's like, we're speaking totally different things. He's like, d- d- just do it the way I do. I'm like, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then you go back to school, and they're like, what the heck are you talking
1: about? Yeah, exactly. that should be the motto
2: of York County: just do it the way I do it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. Uh,
3: but oh my goodness.
1: Yeah, but the, doesn't Ohio have a large population of Amish though? I thought
3: yes, they did. yes,
0: we do. Morgan so, County, which is one county over from us, has a fairly so, large number of them and then up in up in north Ohio. They've
3: got well, lots it's
0: of Amish it's north Amish. central, it, it, yeah. but yeah, there's another county and I'm it's slipping my mind.
1: So so you could probably get the R-style Popeye there, yeah, oh, probably. yeah, probably, and then they probably have probably. Fosnots, which are coming soon too. Foss knots,
0: yes, so. yes. That, now, my grandmother made those.
1: This is the 21st, 21st, okay, yeah.
0: My grandmother made those, but she's not Pennsylvania Dutch or Amish, but my grandfather's mm, stepmother was. So his father's second wife was. And so that's where my grandmother learned it. And then... So
2: pot, pot pie was pot boy, actually. It's actually... Yeah. It's, but, but it, it just got anglicized to pot pie. So it, it really... Yeah. It's, that's why there's no real pie component to the name.
0: <laughs> so so it, it, was, it was just... The name just sort of... Okay. Got, bastard, got
2: bastardized. To, like, yeah, it sounded yeah. enough like pot pie where it just became pot pie over time. The other fair. thing they do with it, which I really like, is they add saffron to it sometimes. Ooh! Yeah.
0: It's kind of like I slipped turmeric in my stewed chicken.
2: The the I believe the Lancaster County Amish are the world's uh, biggest producers of saffron.
0: That must That's look really cool. cool. A field of those little, little flowers, wow. little crocuses.
2: You have to... There's no machining. There. No, you,
0: you have, have to no, pick them can't. by hand. Yeah. You can't. My goodness. I know. I'm sitting here imagining the purple flowers with the really yellow... Stamens. Stamens and...
2: And there's nothing like that flavor. No. You cannot get that flavor from anything else. No. No.
0: no turmeric just gives you the color. It has a completely yeah. different flavor of its own.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it can complement
0: mm-hmm. the yes.
2: uh, saffron flavor, but... Yeah. And we've descended into a cooking
1: show, apparently.
0: (laughs) Yes. And Greg Bishop should be here, man. He loves to talk about food. Well, you know. He'll slip that that conversation right right over to food.
1: Well, food is a uh, large component of how we interact with the other. Yeah, true. If you think about it. True. You know, I I think the last episode you had, Tim, you told a gentleman to not offer food. If he I hear
2: Josh get. in the distance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did tell him do not offer food. It, it doesn't tend to end well. Speaking of offerings, um, I won't call him out, but a, a, a mutual friend of ours, um, contacted me after the, this uh, the series of shows I did, um, with the woman who had the encounters in Utah. And he says, uh, do you, do you think I should start making offerings to Perkta? <laughs> or this, he, said, he said, Do you think I can make offerings to Perkta? I said, You can, <laughs> but why would you want to? Oh,
1: I, <laughs> I mean, think you a, really got to be careful with your wish for. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think I do too. Oh, not a good idea.
1: Yeah. Not a good idea.
0: You
1: can. I mean, you I mean, certainly can. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean,.
1: Not me,
2: man. Just,
0: but yeah, don't don't ask for that.
2: <laughs> well, I would approach as carefully as anyone ever approached anything. You
3: know. Yeah, yeah. The things people come up with.
2: <laughs> One doesn't get the name of the belly slitter for because you're you're a uh,
1: super sweet, kind.
0: No uh, for giving presents, no
1: well, especially when if it's you're already like pledged to something else, mm-hmm. you don't want to shift gears if that makes any sense then well, yeah then up.
3: you're gonna have two beings mad at you,
1: exactly, right yeah. with yeah. their
3: train of minions,
0: yeah' she exactly. has minions. I don't know about Uh the other one, but she certainly has minions.
1: Oh, oh, I think the other one, I think they all have minions.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, they do generally. But hers are just particularly frightening.
1: Mm. Which her are you speaking of?
0: Perkta? Perkta. Yeah, Perkta.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, the big guys with the horns and the the little (laughs) little dead unbaptized children, you know, (laughs) wandering around chirping. Yeah, I know
1: you're talking about. Or what you're talking about, I should say. Yeah. <sighs> well,
0: we've been talking for a couple for hours. Two hours. Yeah, I need to wind it up. Yeah, I, I need was going go to say sleep. this.
1: This has been an <laughs> yeah. interesting wander.
0: Yeah, this is definitely what Soraya would call a wandering the road.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Because yeah, we went to all the places. Well, thank you. Thank you for having the idea, Chad. It was a very good idea.
1: It was was
2: nice to catch up. I haven't talked to you in a while.
0: I know. Yeah, I know. It was great to see everybody. Mm -hmm. And, well, I'm going to turn this off so you can tell us the stuff that you couldn't tell us when it was on. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. So, thank you.
1: Thanks for having us. Thank you.
0: Well, that's all for this week's episode of the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. If you have any questions or thoughts about the podcast or would like to come and talk about your experiences of the paranormal, you can contact us at 6djk67 at gmail.com. We promise to even answer you, and we are always happy to hear from you. Thank you.